Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Isn't it strange that our blessed Lord, after doing incredible things, almost always tells the witnesses, yeah, don't tell anybody about this. Have you ever wondered about why? I mean, it seems so contrary to what our inclination would be. If we did something incredible, we would usually post about it and then humble brag like, oh, I only wish that I could do more. <laughs> right? Oh, not, don't look at me, but really, please look at me. <laughs> but the Lord, he seems to be utterly unconcerned about whether he is impressive. Because his concern is not with a spectacle, but with salvation. He is more concerned about your salvation than whether people recognize how impressive he is. And I think that is one of the greatest lessons that we can have for Lent. Because we've all taken on Lenten disciplines, right? If we haven't, well, we should. (laughs) But very often our attitude with those disciplines is, I want to make a spectacle of just how strong I am. I want to show myself and others my resolve that for 40 days I cannot have chocolate or alcohol or TV or whatever the case may be. And even though that discipline is objectively a good thing, if we're doing it for the wrong reason, it might not actually benefit us for all eternity. Because God does not want us to be impressive. He wants us to be faithful. And our hearts actually long less to be impressive to people as they long for communion with God himself. So we can ask ourselves, what is my motivation and can it be converted? Because too often, our Lenten discipline can be self-referential. It can be, I want to show myself what I can do instead of, I want to draw closer to the God of my salvation. That's ultimately the point. Now, we might have gone the other direction, where because first day or second day we ended up failing in our discipline, we thought, well, this Lent is ruined, so I might as well not try anymore, right? Because I didn't have a perfect record, and that's what it's about. No, it's about steady growth in knowledge and love of Jesus Christ. Every single Lenten discipline, the Friday penances of abstinence from meat, all of that is for the sake of having God more on your mind and in your heart. When you give up chocolate, it's not just to prove to yourself that you can live without chocolate. It is so that every time that I yearn for it, every time that I have to say no, God is on my mind and in my heart and I can say, Lord, I want to yearn for you as much as I yearn for this thing. The reason why on Fridays we don't eat Lent, or we don't eat Lent, my goodness. The reason why on Fridays we don't eat meat, it's not some arbitrary rule that was just decided. It was initially because meat was a sign of feasting. You didn't have meat for every meal like we do today. It was a special occasion type of thing. It was something that when we celebrate, we have meat. Well, the thought is, when we commemorate the Lord's passion and how he gave his very life for me, 
I'm not going to eat meat that day. I'm not going to celebrate. For that day, instead of feasting, I'm going to fast. But in our modern context, meat doesn't mean that same thing. Meat for us is like, oh, that's normal. Well, let it be for you a reminder every Friday of saying, you know what? I'm going to do this weird thing that the world is not doing because it reminds me of God. It distinguishes me as one who, who cares more about God than social conventions, who cares more about God than his passing desires. Now, you might have already failed on that score, right? Every year, inevitably, someone's like, oh, gosh, Father, I just forgot. And that's different than just saying, you know what? I know that I shouldn't, but I will anyway. But nevertheless, just forgetting, that says something too. Because there, it says to me, God was not on my mind as well as he could have been that day. It's like my, my mom's birthday is May 15th. If on May 16th I give her a call and I say, Mom, sorry, I forgot. I just had a lot of things on my mind. She would still love me. She would forgive me. But objectively, it would be a hurtful thing. Because it would mean you don't have that much real estate in my mind and in my heart to where this is something that I make it a point to remember. Well, for the six, seven weeks of Lent, that's what the Lord wants to give us, is the opportunity for him to reconquer our minds and hearts, to be present there in a way that maybe he hasn't been up to that point. Maybe we've gotten used to thinking of anything and everything else more than we do of him. And so he says, please, just, just give me a place in your mind and in your heart again. Make it a point to remember. Because that's ultimately what the Lenten disciplines are for, are to remember the Lord more often. To give him back what is rightfully his, which is my mind, my heart, my desires, my will, my everything. Ultimately, Lent is not about, as I said, being impressive. Lent is about God making you holy. What is it that he says, that St. Paul says in his second letter to Timothy? He says, Beloved, bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. He saved us and called us to a holy life. He doesn't want to just be up there on the mountain. He is spectacular, but we are wretched. No, he says, I want you to be as holy as I am. I want you to be able to live in the goodness of communion with me. Because that's ultimately what holiness is. It's not a series of external practices like, oh, look at me. I did 15 rosaries today and I can quote this and that. All of that's fine, but ultimately... It's about something more interior, which is that communion that I have with God. Holiness is to be close to Jesus. It's really as simple as that. Because when we are close to him, when we have this genuine friendship with him, we can recognize him in his power and in his glory. We can come to know him and start being like him. It's interesting. The Lord only called three to see him in his glory. Peter, James, and John, they were his closest friends. And so they were the ones who can recognize him in his glory because it's not like Jesus became God at that moment. No, Jesus has been God from all eternity. 
From the moment he took flesh, it was humanity and divinity in, in one person. But they were able to catch a glimpse of who he always was there on the mountaintop because they had friendship with him. We're not going to recognize God. We're not going to see his power and his glory. We're not going to be able to have these deep encounters with him if we don't work toward friendship with him. They spent every single day with him, walking with him, talking with him, listening to him. And they are for us the models of what it means to seek holiness through friendship with Jesus. Who knows, maybe a passerby near that mountain would have looked and not seen anything special because that relationship of friendship wasn't there to open up his eyes. We might say, God, why are you so distant? Why can't, why can't I see you working in my life? Why can't I hear you guiding me? Why is it that I feel like I'm crying out and I get silence from the void instead of a relationship with my God? Well, it might be that I'm not putting in that time. I, I might be expecting him to be a good friend to me, even though I'm not a good friend to him. I might say, you talk to me on my terms in my time when I need you, instead of saying, you know what, God? I'm going to journey with you day in and day out. I'm going to see you in every aspect of who you are for me, so that I can catch a glimpse from time to time of your power and your glory. Because most of the time, when Peter, James, and John were walking and living with Jesus, they saw his humanity. They didn't see all of the spectacle all of the time. But their relationship with him opened up their eyes to see his power and his glory when it was most needed. And do you know why it was needed at this point? Why we uh, reflect on it in our Lenten journeys? Well, it's because... The crucifixion was coming. Good Friday is just a few weeks away. And in that worst day that the world ever saw, when we killed our own God, they needed the memory of when they encountered the Lord to give them hope to get through the darkness. And isn't that what we need? We, we need to remember how God has acted in our lives if we are to get through those moments when we share the sentiment of Christ on the cross and we say, my Lord, my Lord, why have you abandoned me? We need to remember who he is. But we have to have an encounter to remember for that to be the case. And we won't have that encounter if we don't have friendship and we won't have friendship if we don't remember God throughout our days. And here we circle back to Lent. It's about building up that friendship by giving God that real estate in our minds and in our hearts that he rightfully should have. It's building up that friendship by throughout the day, whenever you yearn for the thing that you gave up, you say, you know what, Lord? I otherwise wouldn't have thought of you at this moment. And I want to love you better in this moment. And we're not going to be perfect at it. We're not going to have this, this uh, absolutely spotless record. No, there are going to be falls, but the Lord picks us up. Right? He fell on his way to the cross so that he can show us that it's okay if you fall, just get back up. If we fall, not just in our Lenten discipline, but into sin, even there he picks us up. And he says, make a good confession and come back to me. 
Because I care more about you being holy, that is, you being in communion with me, than I care about you being impressive and perfect and spotless and all the rest. What was it that happened to Peter, James, and John after they saw the Lord transfigured and they heard the voice from heaven say, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. What was their feeling? When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. And isn't that us? I'm afraid. When I hear that God wants me to be holy, I'm afraid. Why am I afraid? Because I know that that might mean that I have to change things. That might mean that I open myself up and become vulnerable to people calling me a hypocrite. Because I'm trying something great that before I didn't try. Because I might live a little bit differently than they do. And so I'm scared. I'm scared that I'm not going to live up to the great calling that God has for me. But in all of that, I'm basing it in my strength. Instead of the strength that I have in communion with Christ Jesus. I I think of him as this harsh taskmaster who is going to abandon me as soon as I mess up. But that's not God. No, God is the loving father who says, keep going. Get back up. You know what? You're tired. Let me carry you for a little bit. Jesus came and touched them saying, rise and do not be afraid. They needed to see him in his glory and be touched by him in his mercy. And that's what we need this Lent. To embrace our Lenten disciplines in such a way that we strive for holiness, to receive salvation, to do everything in reference to God, to give him back that real estate in our minds and in our hearts so we can have a true friendship with him. That friendship that leads to seeing him as he is, glorious and powerful, and then being touched by his mercy in the sacraments, whether it be confession or communion. If we do that, then we finally become what our hearts long to be. Do you know what that is? In the first reading, it's what the Lord said to Abram. He said, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Do you ever feel like a blessing? I'd venture to say probably not. I think usually we feel like a failure, or an annoyance, or a burden, or even a curse. The enemy, he whispers these lies into our ears. He says, you're all that. You know what? God tolerates you. He doesn't love you. Your, your family, they're just more, mainly annoyed with you. Your friends, eh, if they could find someone better, they would. And we hear these whispers from the evil one. And they discourage us from the get-go. Whereas from the Lord who challenges us to take up Lent, that whole discipline of this season. He wants Lent to be that time that we, through embracing relationship and friendship with Him, through our discipline, He wants to speak truth to us, which is, you are mine. If you are holy, that means you're like me. And I, who am the source of all blessing, can make you a blessing to the people in your life as well. To where when they encounter you, they encounter Jesus. That's the goal. Mother Teresa, she didn't have some great strategy for every time that she met someone that she said the perfect thing or she did the perfect thing. She wasn't all that educated. But people left an encounter with her 
blessed by the encounter because in being with her, they were with Jesus. And that's the goal for all of us. That's the goal for our Lent, that we can think of him so often, that we can love him so tenderly, that we can show our love and our discipline so we can be made holy. And having been made holy, we can become blessings to everyone we encounter.